Welcome back to the grandstand. It's been two weeks, but we're back. And another one for the history books. I'm P Money here, and we got F Knowles live from New York. Where are you? New York. Well, I thought you were going to say 92. I was going to say, that was oof. Yeah. I was going to say the Catskills, but you're not there yet. No, I'm in, this, I'm in New York City, where we don't have a lockdown. Yeah, so I just got back. So I haven't been home for about a year. I go spend a week there. Day two. Where's where home? Home is in the southwest of France, the Basque country, uh, Bayonne, near Biarritz, for, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Europe. Um, and with surfing... Uh, big surf spot and I get there I see my friends the first day and I have time I have seven nights I'm like all right we'll wait for the weekend boom day two lockdown 9 p.m you got to be home so that's how that started I get back here in the cab home Monsieur Macron the president of France announces a lockdown 2.0 the return in the entire country so here we are. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny because we got a lot of criticism over here for how we handled it. But I mean, I don't think anybody knows how to handle it uh, no. one way or yeah. another. So, I mean. <laughs> it's kind of like the FIA and dishing out penalties. They don't know really how to handle yeah, it. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, that's a great analogy. I'll fully agree to that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're here. Uh, F1's still going on, and uh, this is a good weekend. I think you had a lot of fun. Uh, definitely got a little emotional for the history buffs like myself. Um, so how about we... Did get you get emotional? It? I got emotional. I got emotional in the last race when Mick gave that helmet. Yeah. you know. I feel like you're going to talk about that for a long time because you keep bringing it I up. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it is it is history, you know, so I won't bring it back. I won't bring it back this, you know, I'll give you another race or two. And at the end of the year, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it will come up when we get to the Michael versus Lewis combo. Ooh, it's about to happen. I'm ready for this. All right, let's roll that intro. A question for all of you, except Romain Grosjean. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. Max Verstappen. All right, we're going to get back to him later because I think you got a bone to pick with him, Knowles, don't you? Yeah, um... I I mean it's really just the entire Red Bull program, but um, I think at some point we're gonna we might have to get rid of Valtteri and the whole "fuck you" from our intro. Yeah, it's it's. I gotta, I, yeah, I got a bone to pick with 
Botas this weekend. Yeah. Um, but first, you know what's coming up. What's coming up? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, where where's my laser jingle? All right, we got to up the production quality here. We got the stats. Oh yeah, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> there we go. Come on, I, I know we took a week off last week, but <laughs> this is a well-oiled machine. All right, you ready for these stats? Um, a lot of these, a lot of these are Lewis and Mercedes centric, obviously. But first, a little one for the history buffs out there: seventy third F one track to enter the F1 championship with Portimao for the Portuguese Grand Prix 2020. And we'll get back to this because that was, a, it was a, it's a brilliant track, man. I oof, like just seeing those cars going downhill, uphill, blind turns. Like it's rare. Like no other track really has that. I feel. Yeah. Um, I bet Alex Albon's balls dropped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that yeah. on our, our shit talking thread. I've used that joke a couple times this week. Yeah, well, um, his balls dropped, but he only finished P12, so that's a little <laughs> bit of a problem. Yeah, maybe they didn't, I don't know. Uh, but great track, and we got a, some really good opening laps there. But Mercedes, 13th consecutive pole position. That's like that's just outrageous at this at this point. Uh, Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen, 12th podium for those three, uh, kind of like the usual suspects. And now we're getting into that Lewis Hamilton smashing records category. So Knowles, this is for you. 161st podium for Hamilton, new world record, 97th pole position, new world record, 18th hat trick. You know what a hat trick is? Yeah. What? With, uh, fastest lap pole position and win is that uh, is that really considered a hat trick yeah that's the hat trick and there's also the grand slam which is like another category when you lead every single session of the weekend huh. that's like baller status that's really rare and shumi has that record ps uh so in the hat trick category lewis scored his 18th uh, the record is not 18 it's still 22 for shumi but there is one record and the biggest one that lewis hamilton set this weekend by winning his 92nd grand prix in formula one bravo lewis hamilton well done dude that's that's um prost and senna's wins combined <laughs> combined yes so i mean we cannot skip to the race before talking about this record it's huge i never thought like i saw michael win most of his race victories and for sure i thought that ra- that record was going to stand forever and he kept saying you know records are meant to be broken and i didn't believe him but holy shit we're here 15 Almost yeah, almost twenty years later, a new record. <clears throat> I mean, it says a lot when the the next closest driver to both Michael and and Shumi uh, is Seb at fifty two. <clears throat> I mean, that's that's absolute. That's absurd. Yeah, and he's uh, and he's not done yet. He's gonna get the hundred pole for sure by the end of this year. Or let I me mean, for nothing's for sure, but highly likely. Because uh, I think there's five races left, uh, he cannot get to 100 wins this year. But you know, it's 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 bound to happen, and that's outrageous. Uh, I mean, I know we talk a lot of, you know, we have 
I am clearly in the Michael, you know, clan, and we'll get to that at the end of the year when we have that podcast. But I just got to say, Matt, respect for Lewis, all he's done. It's wild. It's crazy. And the fact that he's been winning for so long, like just Matt props. Wow. And it wasn't. I'm yeah. shocked to hear you say all of this. <clears throat> well, you know, we had we had a little bit of beef earlier, but, uh, you know, on our <laughs> shit talking thread, but it wasn't it wasn't for Hamilton. It was for you, mostly oh. towards you. I have no <clears throat> ill feeling towards Hamilton. Oh, OK. What and so what was the, I don't understand what the, the beef was about with me then. I think the misunderstanding is that you thought I was talking shit about Hamilton, but I was talking shit about you just stating that, oh, yeah, Lewis, you know, he's always two, three tenths behind. I'll just pull out the last lap. And even if he's down two, three tenths, he'll get a position. I think you misunderstood what I was saying. I think that's that's it, where this maybe, <laughs> you know, so like here's my thing is like if, if we really want to get into it. Um, you, 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 you know, I think don't, you just didn't understand what the point I was making. The point was you can get a good sense of whether Lewis is going to finish, like qualify on pole or not based on where he finishes in respect to Valtteri. And if you look at the data over the past, was it four years that they've been teammates? Lewis has 36 poles versus Valtteri's 14. Lewis has 39 wins versus Valtteri's Valtteri's nine. And when you look at each session where the two of them are really dueling, it's a pretty clear indicator of who's going to finish above who. Especially this season. I think that holds true this season for more. more, Yeah. You know, I think previously there weren't expectations for Valtteri to really meet Lewis, but now that it's four years in, especially this season and last season, um, you know, we, the conversation is Valtteri's the fastest guy on Friday. And I think that's true for the most part. Um, and I it, like, realistically, I don't think Lewis shows his, all his cards, um, through practice. I think he knows he can push it faster than Valtteri most of the time. And he doesn't really bring it until quality. And that's why Valtteri's just like, what else can I do? I just don't. I, that's where. That's really the point I was making. So first, first of first of all, I think we need to learn how to communicate. So maybe we should go. You know, just like an old couple, go see, you know, a good old therapist and get this over with. Um, this is my therapy. <laughs> Fair enough. I do agree. So yeah, we were definitely not talking about the same thing at all. We were. That's and that's why texting doesn't work, people, because of yeah. intonation. Yeah, all don't, that stuff. don't uh don't text with your girlfriend if you're trying to you know talk about serious stuff and don't talk to yeah. P money about Formula One through text. Even worse, yes. Yeah. Don't don't get too serious in text with F one without you know we need details. We need you know we need a phone call, old school. But yeah, I agree. So Botas, I mean the the thing is that I've never seen Botas actually this fast over the course of a race weekend. It's a new track. He was he was really dominating, and Lewis even said like, yeah, I went the wrong direction. Uh, in setup, and if if this had been like the Nico Rosberg days, I would have agreed and said, yeah, you know, he's kind of hiding his game because it was a psychological war. But now, clearly, <clears throat> and you've you know you've given out those stats, which by the way, good stats. Um, I respect that. Um, he knows that Botas is not a threat, so I don't know why he would 
he would play those games. I think he just clearly went the wrong direction, which can happen to a lot of drivers, and he admitted it. And to be honest, I do think that he got that last pole position because he had that one extra lap compared to Valtteri. But at the end of the day, he is a master at strategy and tire management, as we saw in the race, uh, and that probably started right in qualifying. So, yeah, I <clears throat> I was one of those that thought that maybe Valtteri uh 13.0 uh as he was this weekend um could bring it but um i will go on record yeah i'll go i'll go on record and say that i don't i just i just don't think that botas is uh made to to hang with the greats and that's it just uh, i'm like i'm not saying you should quit but i'm just saying that maybe you should find a new team because it ain't gonna happen while lewis is here i mean he's a perfect number two if you can if you think about it, because I've all, I've always wanted to be number two. Uh, you know that sucks, and and it sucks too because Valtteri is my age. So like I want to have some you know he's born he's a month younger than I am. So I'm like I want to have some like age pride. You know it's like oh yeah dude like we share the same birth year that's sick. Um, <laughs> that'll be my conversation with him when I you know if I ever meet him be like bro you're a month and three days younger than me house we must be brothers um, and and you know and you know what he what he's gonna respond to that what yes yeah. <laughs> uh, dude he is a pretty yeah he's he's a pretty bland guy uh, seems like but you know maybe he knows how to party and we just don't know that um, that being said I mean he's like I said he's a perfect number two. Um, and he doesn't, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to like cause problems within the team. He's just, he's also, he holds himself accountable, which is the best part. You know, he's not like going out and saying in the media that the team's trying to fuck him, that, you know, they're not giving him an opportunity. There have been moments where that creeps in, but he generally takes blame for his like, basically like inability to beat Lewis. He doesn't put the onus on anybody else, which which I respect yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh I'm just frustrated because when you're out there with the best car, he's given all the cards. He All right, so let's get into the race. He took the lead. So the opening laps were kind of crazy uh with a little bit of rain. Uh we got different grip all over the place drivers are being cautious there's gravel traps around so you can't make a mistake or you're out basically and botas you know on the first lap i think you know a few corners in passes lewis for the lead which i thought was like okay here we go uh botas giving you a shot there and and then he goes around and the second weekend in a row throws that away because he couldn't manage his tires well, and that's where that's where I I can't stand the talk anymore because you're you're putting yourself in that position. You're doing all the work, and then you just you still can't put it together. You're just not made to hang with those kind of drivers. I think it's also interesting too that like you know we all know that Lewis plays mind games. Um, like he had said on his radio that his tires were basically shit, and then. It was what yeah. he, he yeah, don't get me started on the Lewis tire. Yeah, oh, and then and then and then he overtook Valtteri, and he's like, "Tires are good, right?" <laughs> you know, like, he puts that yeah. shit out in the universe, so people are like, think that he's at a disadvantage, and then he'll come back, and then he's like, "It's really just to fuck with people," 
You know, and like I have to say it's it is a brilliant strategy because when you just when you think, you know, I think from Valtteri's position, just when you think you've got an opportunity to take Lewis down, he's like, Oh, sorry, bitch. Like I was just kidding. <laughs> Move aside. Uh, and yeah, and you know, you know the worst part is that I thought that Valtteri had actually passed Lewis because you know they were like battling at first. And then I realized it was a grip thing. And Lewis said after the race, he's like he, he's like, yeah, I maybe was taking it too cautiously, and I should have probably defended from Valtteri. But he kind of, I don't know how, how he said it, but it was kind of like, but I knew, you know, it's like it was, I would be back kind of thing. And the ease at which he came back for me, you could just tell he was just sticking behind Valtteri sticking there and there was a two second gap all of a sudden he's right up his ass and then he just the first opportunity he gets he passes him i mean it, so it, it, yeah it was, that's it, like killer instinct dude like you can't you can't say anything against hamilton you can't like all these haters are saying oh luckiest driver whatever but no man he's just he's a killer man shumi is a killer he's a killer max is probably going to be a killer uh soon um well max is probably way, a, actually a killer like a murderer <laughs> He's actually a psycho. Yeah, he's probably, yeah, he probably like actually kills people. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that was not the best uh, word to <laughs> describe these great champions. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, but the, the yeah, literally Valtteri, what I don't understand is Valtteri didn't even make it difficult for Lewis. Like he went, no. <laughs> he went to the, he went to the dirty part of the track on the, on the front street and basically just gave Lewis a position. Like what the fuck are you thinking, dude? At least make it like, at least put a put a fight up with him. Maybe I do think that Valtteri kind of feels the heat, like when he sees Lewis come come up on him. You know that he doesn't feel with any other driver because, you know, he knows that Lewis is a better wheel to wheel racer. You know. Yeah, that might be the case. I I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think he'll ever admit it. And like, unless like in twenty years time, like he's in some like he's in like. Um, you know, be on the grid podcast or something, or he's on the grandstand, you know, and he's telling us about it. We ask him, Absolutely. what's the deal, bro? What happened at Portimao? <laughs> yeah. And it's the second race in a row where he like, we'll give him credit because he actually was close, but all I, all I will say to end on this, you know, Mercedes pseudo battle is that Rosberg was in that. If Rosberg was in that position, he would not have let that lead. Uh, go that easily fact at least i can't believe i'm saying i'm not i can't believe i'm sort of defending nico shit 20 2020 man holy shit <laughs> i might need you my know? and i might need my inhaler <laughs> oh man you beat me to it <laughs> yeah speaking of 2020 crazy shit um one lap or two laps in this race you got carlos Sainz passing two mercedes to take the lead of the race how Ab- cool was that? Bonkers, dude. That was, I mean, it was epic. You yeah, can, we got some crazy starts, huh? Oh, I mean, it was weird which cars had grip and which cars didn't. You had the rain that came in in certain parts of the track. Um, I have a theory, man. What? It, oh, shit. Here we go. You ready for this? And this theory has nothing to do with left side, right side, because it's kind of raining. But if you look closely, I feel like I'm like an ancient alien episode right now. You got to play that crazy music. <laughs> If you look closely at the data, the drivers who were who made great starts. So obviously, like Bottas has had good grip. Obviously, he passed Lewis. You got Carlos Sainz who went from like P six to P one, and poor one out for fucking Grandpa Kimmy. He went from P seventeen to P six. 
Yeah. Which might be the best opening lap and a half that I've ever seen dude, in I'm, F1. Dude, I'm just going to remind you when you're 40 that you called Kimmy a grandpa. So. Yo. Please, please don't say that in, to Kimmy's face if we ever meet him. Exactly, <laughs> dude. He'll be like, or he'll just like say something super mean to you, and you'll never recover from it. No, he won't even say anything. He'll just give me a look. Yeah. He'll give me the Kimmy look, and then you'll never the recover roll of the from eye. that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, totally. I, I mean, I'm ready. That'll be a, that would be an honor actually to get that look. What happened um, to John, man? Like he just got, he just like really went off the deep end. Yeah, one day Kimmy Raikkonen <laughs> looked at him and just fucked his whole life up. <laughs> now he's slinging dope for i mean oh uh, anyway <laughs> all because of a look from kimmy <laughs> man world champion you got to respect him yeah, but okay my theory is that all those drivers the link between all those guys is that they did a fair bit of rallying science obviously his father is like a multiple world champion botas you know he tussles like he you know he'll he'll drive the odd rally race and kimmy loved like was you know rallied for a few years so I do think that was amazing to see those guys, how they, you know, benefited from that in low grip conditions. So I don't know, take it or leave it, but I kind of like that theory. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't, I, I can't say that I disagree. Um, I love Carlos Sainz said after the race, he's like, yeah, I'm sure my dad was super proud of that. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> considering his dad's a, a world champion drifter um, and rally car driver, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy because look, you, you looked at some of the cars going into those into s- certain turns around in, on the first lap. And like, I mean, I saw Charles Leclerc almost like lose it on probably three or four occasions in the first two laps. Yeah. Like just absolute, like the back end just gave out. And I don't know, he even said in his post race that he thought he's going to crash multiple times. Lewis had a moment too. I think that's why he took it really carefully, you know, thinking of that championship. Uh, but you know, quickly, I mean, you know, this does give us a little bit of a preview, hopefully of what 2022 regs will bring. And it looks pretty cool, honestly, but really quickly, the Mercs took over and it was kind of a race between those two. Lewis did Lewis basically just, you know, made Botas like, man, it was just, that was tough to watch. Like just a master class of tire management from Lewis once again. Beautiful race. Can't say anything of that. Botas kind of finished second in, and I think it's 25 seconds behind him, which was, it, that's huge, man. That's way too much for. He finished, uh, he finished second on the track and second in our hearts. <laughs> and as Ron Dennis puts it, when you finish second, you're just the first of the losers. Or as Ricky Bobby put it. <laughs> when you did second is what ah oh, fuck I fucked it up whatever Ricky Bobby said <laughs> I'm mixing up my philosophers here my bad um, <clears throat> Max <clears throat> sorry um, got a little bit of uh, water don't worry no Rona here Max does Max as usual um, strong start uh, kind of punted uh, Checo off the track there um, you know a little aggro dude you know um, what's funny is what do we think of that Jordan Palmer. In his, his post race analysis, said that it was it was actually Checo's fault, and like it's hard to to like go against the opinion of an actual F one driver and me who just watches it um, from my couch comfortably every weekend. Um, <laughs> Religiously, though, yeah. so you know, so, like, you know give yourself some credit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't have a sim, and I would like one, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. 
he said that it was it was Checo should have given him more space, but I, I it, it was a racing incident, so I don't think anyone's fully at fault. But I don't see that it was fully Checo's fault. Like I think Max also just assumed that, and this is something that we see in Max's driving. Like Max assumes that people should just give him space when in fact like Checo's fighting for that position just as much as he is and yeah and and like you know Checo probably had the better part of the track and Max turned in on him and like I just see it as it's probably both drivers not giving each other enough space but I don't know man like I, I, I agree with you that um it probably is a racing incident at the end of the day you know it's not clearly one person's fault but Max clearly does what you said and expects people to give him space. And that was the second time he hit a a, force in, um, a racing point sorry, that weekend after, you know, diving down the inside of Stroll and I think it was FP1 or something, yeah. which is completely unnecessary uh, from Max. Um, but yeah, uh, Max did Max. He finished in P3, you know, really couldn't do better than that. Um, <clears throat> Checo ended up being last, got to go pit. I think he changed his front wing and made his way back to P5 for a while before losing out on tires and ended up finishing P7 for drive of the day. And I agree, that was a solid drive, but I would probably give the drive of the day to another driver. And by the way, this is excluding Lewis Hamilton, obviously, because I think that's kind of just, you know, He's on his own in his own category this weekend, but Charles Leclerc, as you pointed out, P four, uh, amazing result, amazing results, and he's been putting in those incredible drives recently. And yeah, I can't believe that he put that Ferrari, yeah, qualified that high and finished that high. I mean, big up Chuck, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a new nickname for him, but I guess big up Chuck. <laughs> Um, big upchuck also could be big, you know, also, whatever. um, yeah, dude, I, I, I mean, he's just, he's outperforming that car and I really like look forward to the day when, um, he's truly competitive and is like back in the front of the field. Um, I hope that can happen with Ferrari. We'll see. It's not going to happen next year. We know that, um, maybe it'll happen in 2022, but Hey, It'll it'll start it'll it'll come back if he can fight for P four P five already I think that's a good step and then twenty twenty two it's on baby yeah I mean and then uh, and still blows my mind that you know they're putting Vettel at, at Racing Point which will be Aston Martin next year like uh, yeah it, it, well speaking of which another Vettel, yeah so Ferrari had a double points finish and that's pretty rare this year. Uh, and well, so I mean, it's not like okay, Charles got P four, Vettel got P ten, but still a point. Um, so it's kind of like a strong weekend for Ferrari, P four and P ten. As strange as that sounds, um, yeah, uh, another amazing drive, I think. And then we're going to tie this back to our Red Bull conversation. Is our boy, my boy? I don't know if he's your boy. But he's my boy. Pierre Gasly, P5, best of the rest. Holy shit. Huge drive. Huge drive. What do we think of that? 
battle with Checo. Uh, there was a late move on the straight there, and then he passed him a lap later. Uh, a lot of people were screaming online. What do you think? Um, I honestly, it was a super aggressive move from Checo. Um, but I don't think I think he was defending, and I think he had the right to do that because they weren't they weren't under braking at that point, right? Um, that track is it, it's a little deceiving because they're coming down on the that that hill there into turn one, so it pro, it looked super aggressive, which it was, yeah. but it was super impressive also of both drivers. I thought well, the fact that Gasly didn't go straight into the back of Checo's also fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, oof. but I, I don't think the FIA didn't end up penalizing Checo for it. Um, and I think they made the right call. I can't believe I'm agreeing with, you know, saying that if I did something right, but I think there that would go. I think it was, that's great. what I you wanted know, to hear in Gasly. Gasly ended up getting the position anyway. So, you know, he had to fight for it and that's what you have to do. Like mm-hmm. Checo knew that he, and that's, he was under pressure and, and, you know, huge on Gasly to, to, to not get, you know, uh, not get frustrated or flustered by it. And then he just, he did what he needed to do to get the the P5 finish. Yeah. And that's what we want to see hard racing, man. We got Carlos Sainz finishing a strong P6 with Lando Norris getting in a bit of a battle with uh, Stroll, who was kind of all over the place this weekend and DNF'd. Um, and then we had the two Renaults, P8 and P9 for Ocon and Danny Rick. And Kimi Raikkonen, after the amazing start, finished right outside the points in P11. And followed by Alexander Albon, a lap down for Red Bull Racing. And we got to talk about Albon. I think it's time. I mean, uh, fuck, man. Uh, he's if he, I'd be shocked if he stays at, at Red Bull. All right, so my quote of the week is related to Alexander Albon and the whole Red Bull dynamic, which I think we'll get into as well. Uh, Christian Horner was asked if who they would choose if, you know, Albon was dropped. And he said, well, I think Alpha Tauri are pretty settled with their drivers. And mind you, this is before Gasly was confirmed, which he was today officially for 2021 for, Tor- for Alpha Tauri. And then he goes on to say, but if we had to look at at a different solution, then obviously we would have to look outside of the Red Bull pool of drivers simply because there's not one available that we would look to put into, to put it put into the second seat. And for me, that's just, first of all, I I don't understand that statement after Gasly, after his just his performance all year long and winning in Monza and just putting in week after week these incredible results and still keeping Albon as your number one for that seat next year. You know what's funny about this oh, the whole thing. Um and I've really like I've thought about like Red Bull and and what how they manage their team versus let's say Mercedes, right? Um my quote of the week is is related, but it relates to Gasly's <clears throat> Um, Gasly's position and mm-hmm. basically uh, Horner said Pierre's done a super job he's driving well in that environment with Alfa Tauri he's comfort- comfortable in that car with perhaps the 
less pressure that goes with that environment as well and less expectation. Um, I just, I, like for me, that's a really telling quote. You know, Red Bull have high expectations for their team, but they manage, they, it's almost as if when you sign up for Red Bull, it's like, you've got this all on your back, so don't worry about it, but we're going to put on so much pressure, but we're not really going to support you. It just feels like the the management of of whoever is coming in to support the team behind Max, because Max is the undoubt like the clear number one. Um, yeah, they 100%. they just they they they're like basically just say, "Here's your seat. Good luck. See you when we see you." And and like, what the fuck is that? It just doesn't make sense. Whereas when you look at how Toto manages the team and how how Merck manages their team, mind you, they don't necessarily have like you know, a second team like, Al, you know, Red Bull does Alpha Towery. Um, I just think they manage expectations a lot better for their drivers and they support them in ways that give the driver what they need to be successful. Because regardless of how Valtteri is doing, he's still second in the points. He's still second. Uh, he's still allowed Merck to be second in the constructors. Um, and realistically Merck is in a great position regardless of how Valtteri is doing on a personal level. Right. Um, and Merck just have the pace overall, so we can't argue with that. But what I, I think I don't agree with how Red Bull manages drivers, manages expectations. And this is what you have. You have inconsistency throughout all these questions swarming. Whereas like if they didn't have this, maybe they'd have time to actually focus on being a fucking team that puts in results. There you go. Wow. All right. So we were, you were nice to the FIA this week, but <laughs> you fucking ditched it to Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, uh, all right, so, do you disagree? Yeah. Like, come on. No, no. And, but you know, what's interesting is that I'm, I'm really, int- I mean, I'm really, really excited to see what this team will decide. And obviously I'm a Gasly fan. I love the guy. I supported him last year. I thought people were harsh on him. I think people are harsh on Albon this year, but I think it's just the nature of that second seat. But it does point back to what you said. The Red Bull doesn't know how to manage uh, that team. And building it around Max is very dangerous because I think he could uh, get swooped up by Mercedes one day. And then what do you do then? You're screwed, right? If you built a team around someone else and you're not supporting your second driver. Um, that would be the yeah, ultimate uh, fuck you to, to Red Bull if Max was just like, sorry, boys. Honestly, if Botas gets, you know, you know, if something happens to Botas, God willing, you know that Max is going to be the first one to call Toto. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, wow. I don't, I can't believe it's taken me this long to get into this, but silly season is it's about to get a little crazy here. And with Haas announcing that both Grosjean and... Uh, Magnuson will not be continuing next year. Uh, there's a lot of rumors going around, and we have one that keeps coming back, and it's one that Red Bull will put in a driver from outside of their program. And it's either Hulk or Perez, clearly, but Hulk doesn't have the money Perez will bring, and which means that Albon will be sent back to Alpha Tauri. But it does kind of, you know, show you how weak, how much of a failure that program is uh, for Red Bull. So, damn, I'm ex- I can't. I, I'm not going to say it yet 
because who knows? Because but I'm just thinking, you know, if you're if you're Horner, if you're the Red Bull, if you're the ones, you know, making calling the shots, putting Gasly back is a huge risk. Also, because if it doesn't work again, right? Like, what does that say about your program? He's not a bad driver. That means there's a there's a problem with your team. I mean, I'm calling this right now. And oh we, shit! Yeah. Here we go. Um, this is some silly season shit for sure. Also, I love it. I wish, <laughs> I wish we had a an explosion, like an explosion sound bite. We got to add this to our soundboard. But like, you know, like how they do on uh, on uh, BBC Radio One, that's just like, yes. you know, All right. every time. So we'll add that. Um, I think Gasly's like you've got. Let's. I think Checo probably goes. I think it's gonna be Checo. Maybe Checo where? All right. Hypothetically, Checo goes to Red Bull, right? Yes. He brings the yes. money. I think Hulk probably goes yes. to Haas. Um, you've got Albon and Gasly at Alpha Tauri. Um, Gas once Fernand. I think Fernando's gonna stay at, at Renault for maybe like two years. I don't see it lasting of being a long marriage. Um, and I think Renault. Tries to lock down Pierre Gasly, have an off, yes. you know, have an all friend yes. driver lineup. Yes, even yes. though well, even though Ocon and Gasly despise each other, vive la France, dude. Think about the fucking hundred percent French team and the fact that that's going to make a brilliant storyline for Drive to Survive because they're going to go from being friends to hating each other and now pretending to be friends again because we're in the same team. Wow, uh, that's actually in my notes as well. Gasly to Renault. The only where I defer though is that I don't think. Uh, did you say Hulk goes to Haas? Yeah. So here's the thing with Haas. Um, I do think that Giovinazzi staying at Alpha Romeo, according to the latest uh, rumors, and I thought Hulk would go to Alpha, uh, but it seems that Mazepin, who is kind of a he's kind of the new Grosjean in the sense that he crashes a lot in F2, he. His dad is also a billionaire from Russia, and apparently he's going to buy a stake of Haas. So it seems that Mick Schumacher and Mazepin will team at Haas. I clearly would like to see Mick Schumacher and Hulk, both German, mentor, whatever. That'd be great because the Raikkonen-Mick Schumacher thing's not happening because Giovinazzi's still there. So for me, I agree. I think uh, that's going to be the lineup for next year. With just like the caveat of who's the second Haas driver. Is it, is it Mazepin? Is it Hulk? And Gasly and Albon will team up in Alpha Tauri, and that's going to be an awesome duel. Sonuda does another year in F2 because he needs to show that he can win that title. And then 2022, Gasly to Renault. Damn, dude. <laughs> Um, that's some wild shit but uh you know we should have oh it's silly silly. we should be able to add like have silly season points like off season points for like the uh, the grandstand off season (laughs) yeah well you know how engineers develop their car we're going to keep developing our uh, jingles as we go along (laughs) no doubt uh but yeah, uh, we'll get. I mean, I'm sure we'll have more to say in the next few weeks. Is it's about that time of the year? We have five five races left. And speaking of points, the Grandstand Championship Ugh. that's still up for grabs. Not looking good though, dude. And uh, I must say, this last weekend we were pretty close, except that um, you 
missed out on the podium and I got the podium right. So I got seven points and you got four, one for Lewis Hamilton win, one for his pole, uh, but you didn't get the P2 and P3. And I've extended my lead to 12 points now and we're at 52 to 40. Yeah, dude. Heading into a motherfucking classic track, Imola. The last time we raced there, the last two times we raced there, we got a fucking duel between Schumacher and Alonso. 2005, Alonso took the win. 2006, the revenge. And guess who was there watching that race live? Yours truly. Oh, shit. Were you really? Yeah. 2006, the last uh, F1 race I saw where Michael... I mean, the last Michael race that I witnessed live. There we go. Wow. Um, that's yeah. A, that's, a, that's a stat. I almost feel honored to talk to you. Almost. Yeah, you should. <laughs> almost. Yeah, I mean, if it, you could shake my hand if we weren't in COVID times. Yeah, probably wouldn't shake your hand <laughs> even if we were. Or weren't. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's, a, it's a track, man. It's a track. And obviously, it's a historic track. You know, it's one where F1 has, uh, you know, has lived through some, some dark times as well with uh, Ratzenberger and Senna dying in 94, but also one that changed, you know, safety for forever so it's a very narrow track and honestly uh not i think only raikkonen of the current drivers has raced there so damn in f1 i mean yeah lewis has never raced there because they stopped in 2006 so he didn't even race there in in, uh gp2 he must have raced there in junior categories but not in f1 Oh, okay yeah so uh, I'm not sure because it, it's pretty it's pretty narrow. I'm not going to say it's Monaco narrow, but not too far from it. So um, this uh, champ, this uh, prediction is going to be interesting, and you have the honor of going first this week, Knowles. Fuck this. Um, so what's it going to be? <clears throat> I hate when you do that voice. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, dude. Um, I think we're going to see another Mercedes one, two, um, unless something, I, I haven't checked the weather there this weekend though. So do we know what the weather's going to be? Uh, if I prepared the podcast, uh, I would know, but, well, um, you know, what? it's usually, it's, it's usually kind of chilly cause obviously we're in Italy, right? Uh, actually no, we're in San Marino, my bad. Um, I'm going to look it up it right now because this is going to determine how where my answer goes. It's sunny. It's sunny, and I'll tell you, it's a high of 18 degrees on Sunday. Same same every day. Low of 8, high of 18. In, in Celsius and in Fahrenheit, that's okay. low 46, high of 65. Got it. Um, all right. In that case, I'm going to go Lewis pull, Lewis uh, P1, Valtteri P2, and Max P3. I'm going conservative. Ooh. Uh, 1.5? Don't ever do that again. <laughs> it's like some sketchy like COVID Halloween shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I forgot what I did. We're going to hand out candy to kids. <laughs> um, ooh. Uh, God. Working me up. Um, all right. And then for 1.5, I'm going to go, um, 1.5. I'm going to go with, dude, I feel like Checo's do 
though Carlos Sainz has been putting in some results lately. Um, Oops. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Um, oh, shit, this is tough. You know, it's going to be neither of those. So. What's that? It's going to be neither of those two drivers, so just flip a coin. Why? Why? why <laughs> no, I'm just giving you shit. No, because we, we called that wrong last week. Yeah, it's hard to call. Um, yeah, that midfield is the most competitive. You know, yeah, it's it really amazing. is. It's, it's just... It's just you just I'm can't go, tell from one race to the next. I'm gonna go Carlos Sainz, and then for the Grosjean moment, um, I mean Lance Stroll's been having a lot lately. I feel like he's got to have a real. He has like seriously. Um, if, uh, in that case, I'm gonna go with. Um, Did you say Sainz for uh, 1.5 or Perez? Yeah, Sainz for 1.5, and then. And then we're going to go with, um, I'm going to go Seb. Seb. Okay. Yeah, definitely a lot of potential for spinning at Imola. Not a bad, uh, not a bad call, uh, for a Seb, uh, Seb spin here. Uh, all right. Um, you know, it's a different track. Uh, Lewis just, you know, he's just on it. It's going to be sunny. I can't go against him, uh, in qualifying. He's going to win the race, too. It's going to be 93. God damn it. Um, but you know what? I think I don't think Botas is going to be there. I think Max is going to be there. And I'm going to give you a shot to, you know, to catch up on some points. But I'm calling on pretty much home soil. Leclerc podium. Boom. Damn. Done. Done, dude. I hope you're wrong. It's happening. It's happening. And 1.5... You know, I feel bad for him. The kid's gotten some bad luck in the last few races. I'm going to go for Lando. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Grosjean woman. <laughs> There's not that many races left uh, for Grosjean F1. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, He's got to go out with a bang, you know. <laughs> he was, he, I mean, his radio was questionable again last weekend. Is it really ever not, though? That's yeah, the question. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, one driver I will not miss, but, you know, right. almost 10 years in F1. So you're going Grosjean for, for the uh, Gromo. Go, yeah, for the Gromo. Gromo is Grosjean, the OG. Uh, that's looking good, man. Uh, it seems like, you know, it could be a, there could be a nice spread here. Um, Dude, I need those points. points. I need those points. The good news is you have a better shot at winning this than Valtteri does at winning the championship. So as he says, Facts. never give up, never give up. <laughs> Fact. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. I'm super excited to see F1 cars back at Imola. Me too, man. I'm excited. Uh, we usually eat a dish from the, the country of the Grand Prix but since I'll be on lockdown, uh, I mean, I'll still do it, but I'll just be doing it alone in front of my TV. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Nice. Nothing Give like that bottle of Chianti. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a whole bottle of wine to yourself and a plate full of pasta to drown your fucking misery during a pandemic. <laughs> Yo, as long as my boy Charles get me some points, I'm good, I'm good with that. Charles, get me some points, LeClaire. <laughs> All right, man. So we'll uh, we'll see you guys uh, after Imola, and in the meantime, 
You know where to find us. Follow us on the social media. At the where's Grandstand. that at? At the Grandstand F one. That's right. At the Grandstand <laughs> F one. And wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. See you after Imola.